nice to see you. Ooh, I love your hair. Oh, thanks. Looking good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that in the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, how's it going? It's good. Yeah. Um, just kind of like getting back into the studio this weekend, but... Yeah, I thought you were going to like take a chill pill or did you already feel like you got that in? I guess I did. Yeah, I I had, I guess, talked about taking a month off to read and only read. But uh, yeah, I I actually feel ready to start painting again. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) I mean, um, the show for Nada looks so good. I feel like you knocked it out of the park. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I'm like, I don't usually do like an intro per se, but just for the listeners, I wanted to say like, um, I was thinking about like, I had the, well, I met Jackie in paint school, which we were both part of through Shan Dankin um, projects. And in on Super Bowl Sunday, I got to see your studio with a bunch of us, maybe like eight of us. And, yeah. um, and it was like one of my favorite memories of the year pre-COVID. <laughs> like it was yeah. just so <laughs> nice to be with all fun. these painters and like just like see your work before I went out for a show which also you've kind of like done a lot of new work for this year which is cool yeah kind of surprising for the year we've had so far but yeah yeah like I was oh sorry go ahead oh I'm just super thankful that yeah I mean it would have been fine if I hadn't been able to paint too but I'm glad to have been making things in the studio at any at any rate yeah I mean it's really interesting to see like what happened between that show so you had she had a show a solo show in February was it late February yeah yeah and then just now there was not a they were both through 1226 galleries that in Dallas yeah yeah Dallas yeah but like, I mean, I think your work is very like mind bending and in general, but like <laughs> the new work was really making me think of like, I don't know, like creation myths and stuff. And like, it just felt really tight, like not tight in a sense of like, it's like just very, I don't know, um, circling around one idea in a really interesting way. Yeah, I I think that's accurate. I mean, even even saying tight, I I kind of think I know what you mean. Like, there's a a specificity I think in the work that I just don't feel like I've had in recent work for for a while. Um, yeah, exactly. Like in your other show, like your vision or your style, kind of hinge things together but in this one it's like also the like premise and well is kind of all working together yeah yeah kind of like that um the painting with the big hand that's holding the 
vinyl record universe. Like I kind yeah. of feel like, like it kind of like all the work for the show kind of like rotated around this idea of like, yeah, creation myth and maybe like nature gone awry because of hum humanity kind of mm. like some themes that were running from painting to painting for it. That's interesting. Cause like, um, I mean, it's really bright colors and it feels like a fun, like a friendly universe, I guess you could say. <laughs> Uh, or at least to me, it, as a viewer, it does. Um, did you want it? Did you feel, for you, did it have a more kind of like darker tone or? I, I, I think, yeah, there's always a little bit of a darkness in all the work I do. Um, kind of like a bittersweetness. And I think in this work, I almost feel like the brightness, it almost becomes like a kind of dark, maybe mm. it's um, kind of balancing out the darkness, but also it like goes so far on like being vibrant and saturated that it kind of comes full circle and becomes kind of dark also. I, I don't know, like if that makes sense, like it's- Yeah, I mean, it, it makes me think of like, um, I mean, it's almost like, it feels definitely like nature has the upper hand, like literally there's like a lot of like giant hands with like real like kind of orchestrating everything. Um, and it makes, there was like a George Carlin I was listening to earlier in the year where he was talking about, you know, people talk about like saving the earth and all this stuff. And he was like, well, like the earth is fine it's like people that are maybe not gonna survive you know right yeah <laughs> like the whole like nature is healing itself or whatever yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of funny because it's true <laughs> yeah but you don't really see any like figures do you like there's not like you don't really see humans per se although they're like alluded to maybe yeah that's totally true and yeah, I, I think that's been kind of a direction I've been moving towards for a while. Like, um, I mean, I did have a figurative painting in my show earlier this year, but that was kind of just like a one-off. Um, but I've been just kind of interested about um, just like not spelling out like the human figure, but still like implying a presence that's just as present than, than just like the whole, the whole shebang kind of if that makes sense yeah it's cool like I mean it feels very ambitious like you're kind of like like it I feel like there's also like a kind of um conflation of the role of the artist and this idea of like creating the universe or something mm. which is like a cool idea yeah I I like the sound of that um just because I have been thinking about worlds within worlds. Um, mm -hmm. The work that's in, that was shown for Nato is like definitely me kind of like trying to explore those worlds within worlds. And um, yeah, I like the idea of like the art studio is a world within like the world and um, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you do yeah. really like, I don't know. I feel like your, your work 
does like the paintings do feel like a, a kind of universe or something like an alternate reality like there's often like a um microcosm and a macrocosm at the same time like I was thinking of that one um what's it called with the um the hot fruit it has like the watermelon and has like a fallopian tube kind of thing but then my favorite part is like there's like an upper surface with a snail on top which is like a horizon line and there's like clouds and stuff and yeah 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 that's that's cool that um it takes you to places like yeah yeah <laughs> I, I think yeah like now that we're talking about it like space is something that I've always struggled with in like making my paintings. And I think it's a problem that I've made for myself really that like, um, I don't think that I have to like deal with the issue of space in my work if I don't want to, but I feel a little compelled to, I think. Um, maybe it's just because like my early work was very representational. And so like there was a very defined form and space and then um when i started moving away from painting from just like perception um i kind of had to figure out what kind of space i wanted forms to exist in yeah and and so space it was really hard at first to like um think of space and like what it yeah like what's the relevance of like this kind of space that I've constructed um, versus like a space that is already like presented to me. Hmm. And then, um, but, but I guess what I mean is like now I actually feel kind of empowered to like create my own spaces. And so these worlds within worlds have been kind of evolving out of that struggle to like understand space in my work. Yeah. I mean, I think you have a really unique sense of space, which is cool and weird. Like, <laughs> is it? <laughs> I mean, it feels like you can kind of bend it to your will or something, you know? Like, I don't know. There's, there's, yeah, like layering of different kinds of space, maybe. Cool. Yeah. But actually, I was thinking when you were saying that, like, so something I don't know about your work is actually, yeah, where it where it came from. Like, I don't know anything about your work really prior to the past couple of years or what you showed in, in paint school. So I'm curious about what, where it started and how it got here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And yeah, it's kind of crazy to think we just met this year. I know. I mean, this year <laughs> also feels like 10 years, though. So. Yeah, for better and for worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I could fill you in a little bit if you'd like. Yeah. Um, I, even I'd love to know, like, I was like doing some light research and looked at your CV and I noticed your, your undergrad degree is in industrial design and like, I was yeah. wondering if you were painting even then, but you just didn't want to focus on it or. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I took a slightly circuitous route to painting. Like, I remember, like, when I was a kid, I loved drawing, but it was never really encouraged in my family. And it's not because, like, my parents were awful or anything, but, like, you know, they just kind of pictured 
me getting good grades in school and then like going off to school to become a doctor. Uh-huh. And that I, was their vision for you, doctor. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's kind of an Asian, like first generation Asian American. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I was kind of on track for that, honestly, until my senior year in high school. And then I could have graduated early because I had enough credits to, like I could have graduated a se- semester early. And yeah, instead of that, I decided just to stick it out and take like a fun class at the end of my senior year. So the last semester, or yeah, I took just like a basic drawing class in high school. And I, I like, it's cheesy, but I just really like loved it and just like kind of flipped on a switch in me that like I didn't know about. And I ended up changing my major um, for undergrad from like pre-med to just like general education. And I enrolled in the art school at my, um, my hometown college, which is University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. And um, I wanted to study painting, but I, like nobody in my family knew anything about art. Like, mm-hmm. like I had a grand aunt that like painted like kind of like traditional Asian watercolors in her free time. Mm-hmm. And I, I met her like twice in my life. So like I had so little exposure to art and um, my parents were just really freaked out. So it was kind of like, they wanted me to like pursue something stable. And so in the end that became an industrial design major. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> which like a lot of people don't know is in the School of Fine Arts. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember like I, re- like, I went to Pratt and I remember like knowing some industrial design major people. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were like, I don't know, like a different ilk. I mean, in some ways, maybe like more practical than me, but. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of partly their job. And then. Yeah. Do you feel like that had, but you were like taking like painting classes in in addition to like industrial design classes and stuff? Um, I didn't really take any painting classes, but I took like some, like all the electives I took were like, like drawing, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just like as much fine art as I could take take in my free time. Cause yeah. I kind of knew by the, my junior year, like I did not want to work in that industry of industrial design or product design. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like, like I know almost nothing about that world, but do you feel like it had any impact on your thinking? in any way or your work in any way or just not or just like a path not taken kind of thing I think that like it all like yeah I I think everything kind of added up to where I am now and definitely like the even just like the industrial design classes I had to take were kind of like really relevant to painting because like like our studio class would be like teaching us to like do um, ideation and innovation in like consumer products or like um, user interfaces. So in a way it's kind of like you move through the world kind of kind of like a person, like an artist that just has a slightly different vision, um, more designerly, but I kind of just feel like, I think, yeah, like that it just makes me want to manipulate um, forms and spaces I guess yeah my work 
Yeah, I can see that. Like, it's funny to think about the idea of user interface with a painting, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> sounds so clinical. <laughs> I know, but it's kind of interesting. Like, I don't know, somehow, like, I don't necessarily think about the user slash audience of my painting that much, but uh, maybe I did more in video. I don't know, but... um. But I do feel like, in a way, I do feel like you lead the viewer through like a certain vantage point or something that's very specific. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like there's some overlap there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, it's such a weird way to frame it. Like, mm-hmm. so really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then when you, so then by grad school, though, you did, you were studying painting at that point right oh yeah um yeah so I I didn't end up studying industrial design I ended up finding work in graphic design so I yeah (laughs) so I got rid of one dimension (laughs) 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 and so I like worked in just like um random corporate like print um print design and um logo design work for about eight years and then started taking night classes and painting because I just felt like those jobs were so soul killing and yeah. life was too short to like keep living like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I knew what life would be like if I just kept on like working at those jobs. And my partner at the time was like really supportive of kind of branching out into painting and exploring that. So, um, yeah, so I, I took painting classes at night and I think two years of doing that, I just felt really ready to kind of just like make a bigger commitment to to art and it seemed like going to grad school would be a good way to do that Mm -hmm. because I'm just not great at meeting other people like outside of like a structured program yeah was what were the night classes like like was it all different kind of age people and walks of life and stuff yeah, it was. I, I went to Mass Art for some of the classes. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of like all different age ranges. And um, yeah, very much just like very academic, like uh, like painting the figures, one of the classes or mm-hmm. um, intro to painting. <laughs> and, right. So you have all that like kind of traditional knowledge base and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like they were teaching you to like, kind of like, um, yeah, like see things like not as like an apple's an apple, but like it's a red form with like, a yeah, like against the green background or whatever and uh-huh. <laughs> un- unseeing things. Unseeing that? Like unseeing how you think they're supposed to be like that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I wish I had more of that. I mean, I guess it's not too late, but. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's great. And then it, it's not having it. It's also great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so were there, were there artists at that time who really spoke to you or like that you admired? Um, like through the classes, I learned that like Pierre Bonnard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Giotto was a big one for one of the teachers that taught me so like Mm -hmm. yeah like his frescoes 
um, oh, like there was a, a very perceptual painter named Yuan Uglo and they're like just very, um, it, it's just his work is like just very like appealing to like artists who are trying to like make very representational work, but still kind of painterly, but they're very tight. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know that work, but I'll look it up. Yeah, I'll find you, I'll find you <laughs> his name. Um, yeah, it's, oh yeah, like, so I just had so little exposure to the art world. So like I knew like about like Cecily Brown and like Jenny Seville, like mm-hmm. just like kind of like the blue chip artists that would show up on like a internet search, you know, for like painters yeah. today. <laughs> right. Yeah. And were you into like, were you into those ladies or just like, yeah, yeah. yeah I really yeah. was. Cause like, I just, I had never seen painting like that. Like, yeah. Or it's so fun that time of like artistic development when you like learn about artists that you didn't know about and just have those like mind blowing moments of like, whoa, like this is yeah. what art could be. Yeah, like, I didn't know you could use paint like that. Yeah, yeah. I just saw Cecily Brown show in Chelsea. It was pretty wild. Like, I mean, she's a real, her her work is pretty mind-bending in its own way. Yeah, yeah, and she's just such a painterly painter, so Mm -hmm. it's just, like, a lot of pleasure in just, like, the, just the appearance of her work, like. yeah. So when you went to grad school, were you already kind of like feeling like I want to do this as a career kind of thing? Um, I, it was very open-ended. Yeah, like I kind of thought like, um, I just needed to get it out of my system and then I would go back to working as a graphic designer. And, uh-huh. Yeah, and <laughs> like, I mean, the partner that I was with at the time, like we had talked about having kids and I mean, that was definitely like his dream um, and I, I was supportive of it. And so I just really thought like, okay, I'm gonna finish grad school and then we're gonna start a family, like settle down. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, it didn't pan out that way, but I, I'm really thankful to be where I am now still. And yeah, um, yeah it's been pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, so like, at what point do you feel like you started to move into this kind of mature style that that you're in now? Probably like right after I moved to Brooklyn three three plus years ago, mm-hmm. and um, I had moved from Los Angeles, which is a lovely place to visit, <laughs> <laughs> as you know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> And it's lovely for some people that there to live there too. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I moved to New York, um, it was just like my really first time, like really living with that intensity of energy that's kind of in the air in New York City. Like people just seem to have such a purpose and like are really into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it costs so much to live here. So you really have to make your choices matter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like the intensity helps motivate you kind of. It was very motivating. Like, like I had put a lot on the line to move here, start a new life. And 
um, yeah, and, and I did a residency at NARS and that was also a good jumpstart to like me living here in Brooklyn. Like it, I started that residency like a month after I moved here, just coincidentally, like they just had lost the participant and needed someone else to fill the space. And cool. I literally lived like six blocks away from NARS. So it just like, really, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that yeah. one you get like a free studio for a year? Is that the deal? Um, it's like prorated and you can do it for like three to six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. That's a great like kickstart to being in a new city. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just felt really lucky and um, a, like a couple of group shows came out of that. Um, yeah. And, and I guess also there, there were a couple of residencies that I had done too. And that also help, had helped me meet people that like, so I wasn't moving to Brooklyn just totally cold, but like I knew a few people that were in New York and like, so I had a little kind of seedling of a art community already when I moved here. Yeah, are you thinking of, was Skowhegan before you moved here? Yeah, it was just um, maybe like six months before I moved here. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I was pretty fresh mm -hmm. off of that mm -hmm. kick and um, which that can be very, I mean, I felt like for me, it was very transformative, just maybe not in terms of style, but in terms of like a new confidence or something about seeing myself with these peers that were so like, I don't know, yeah. good at what they do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's so heartening to be around people who are so passionate about what they're doing. Um, yeah, and just like kind of inspiring. Um, yeah, and that they're already, some of them are already like living in New York and kind of living that model that you're interested in. So yeah, I, I definitely met some really amazing people that helped me with my move to New York. So it's a big part of it actually. Yeah, it's hard to, um, it's hard for me to like, I moved here when I was 17 and I basically have been here the whole time, but it's, so it's hard for me to totally visualize what it feels like to kind of move here later in life, but I imagine it's intense or <laughs> overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. At any age, it's probably a little intense, but mm -hmm. I, I think that thankfully like I miss some of the more intense parts of moving to New York when you're younger yeah like, like I um I didn't have to do like a coffee shop job or like you right. know really really hustle <laughs> and um yeah I I kind of just had friends that helped me like find like art handler jobs and like I worked as a gallery um gallery attendant just like think I mean they're not like glamorous jobs either but like you learn a lot in a way. I mean, yeah. you see the kind of inner workings of like the market or whatever, or just the gallery world. Yeah, so true. Um, yeah, and uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, and just um, like I ended up setting up my studio in my bedroom, which is how you saw it earlier this year and mm -hmm. that was just like a huge way to save money and to buy myself time in my studio too so I didn't have to work a few extra days 
each month to pay for a studio that I would never get to see. Yeah, totally. I mean, I love how I, I mean, I'm kind of amazed at how much you are able to pull out of your studio. Like you're working on these even larger kind of paintings now, but like, I mean, I also personally really enjoy having a live work situation. Like it makes, it can just be much more organic and kind of intimate and I don't know, like, yeah. And there's a lot, keep that overhead low and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That overhead. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta watch out for that. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the live work situation too. I, I mean, like someday I do hope to not be working on my bedroom, Yeah. But it really works for right now. And um, yeah, it's, it's like somewhat sustainable. Yeah, totally. I'm here. I feel lucky that I can do that. I mean that, yeah, it enables me to have much, so much more time to actually make my work than I might have in another situation. Like I actually literally don't know how people pay for their studios. Yeah, I, I really would love to know. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing something wrong. <laughs> I mean, I think we're doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> you cracked the code. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so one thing I was thinking about, like, so from the visit I had earlier in the year, I remember asking you, like, so how long does a painting of yours take to make? And you said, like, ideally a year. And then I know you just, I, or it seemed like you knew, you got word of this not a situation, maybe a bit shorter term. And I was wondering if you were, so if you were like completing work in progress, I know like at least one of those was already done, but like, did it, did it make you have to speed up your process or how did that work? It definitely made me speed up my process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Really? <laughs> it, it seems yeah. like it worked really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do find deadlines super helpful. Yeah. As stressful as they are. Like I, I do tend to work really well with a deadline looming over me. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. <laughs> is it so like, like so maybe I mean I feel like when you told me that you take a year to make a painting I was really impressed and like wanted to like maybe I don't know I don't even know if I could do that but it made me want to like try to slow things down a bit but then at the same time I could see like having an, I like deadlines a lot personally and and the kind of like force force you to go with your gut kind of thing that happens like you don't have time to like hem and haw over a decision so much yeah there's like such a good sweet spot somewhere to be found in between those two extremes yeah yeah do you think you would so like if you like it seems like the paintings I was looking at before they're like super thick and layered and you were like kind of building them almost like like in geological layers or something <laughs> so yeah how did that how did that change the making of these newer ones uh definitely like I was working it wet into wet a lot more like I I used to work like that 
and then like I kind of just got used to working like um like letting a painting sit and you know like when I think about it and let like different things from my day-to-day -day life kind of flow into the painting when I go back into it mm -hmm. whereas the work that I was trying to finish for the deadline um I kind of just knew where I wanted to get to or like the feeling I wanted to achieve and I just had to like kind of um like fight a little bit of resistance in the paint itself mm -hmm. and a compromise I think between the image and the um the paint handling mm -hmm. in order to kind of like reach like the hues that I was really trying to go for like it was a lot of like wet into wet like impasto all mm -hmm. prima stuff um yeah like I think on the last day like I covered one of the paintings like from corner to corner with like a new fresh coat of paint whoa <laughs> that's like yeah. that's a ballsy move <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it felt necessary too you know what I mean like yeah was like doing it in one go yeah has all the intensity of like a year's worth of painting sessions that's cool what what painting was that oh that was early spring oh that's really cool <laughs> I I started that in early spring <laughs> oh. and I was really struggling with it and um yeah I kind of just stopped working on it for a while and then I had to start getting back into it and it was like a real daunting challenge mm. sometimes I like like so it did so it wasn't so fast like you had started it and then there was months in between finishing it but maybe it kind of sat um it sat dormant for a while it did I had, I had already like painted it over so it was just like kind of basically like a blank you know yeah like, under yeah like a, a whole veil of painting <laughs> yeah which I'm into that like like because I feel like then you're less precious about it when you go right. back to something like that or even like I feel like I'm into this thing sometimes of like hiding a painting for a few months and then because <laughs> sometimes it's really hard to tell for me at least I actually I'm curious what you think like I sometimes have a really hard time telling if a painting is good or not, or if it's done or not. And maybe even part of that could be embarrassment with like a new idea or a new level of revelation or something. So yeah, I wonder if you have any thoughts on how you tell when something's done. <laughs> First of all, I love that you say that you hide painting. <laughs> I just love the imagery of like hiding a painting <laughs> and then like suddenly just stumbling across it like when you're going to the pantry or something. Well, I feel like I'll hide a painting if I kind of think it's bad and I want to paint over it, but then I think it's good if I resist that because I just, I was just discovering a painting from like 2015 that I really liked, this Catwoman painting, but then, mm -hmm. I painted over it because I was like, mm, it's too awkward or I don't know. I decided it wasn't good enough. But now I'm like, oh, I really like 
I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that painting too that you had posted. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I know it's like hard to strike that balance between like kind of leaving it open for the future or um, if, yeah, like just getting rid of it and like kind of having that satisfaction of just like kind of destroying work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess like the thing is to that the work can come back even if you destroy the painting and it might come back even better. True. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Yeah. <laughs> like a cat woman rising from the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, so, but after a year, do you feel more like you, like how many, how many versions might go into that? Or is it more just like building something incrementally? Um, I don't know how kosher this is, but like there'll be like a lot of different versions of the painting under all those layers of paint. Like, yeah, those all those different geological layers Yeah, are different versions of the painting. Like they're just my, my explorations and my stabs of like not knowing and just trying to be searching and open to what the painting wants me to kind of like do and what I'm trying to like kind of project onto the painting it's just kind of like a negotiation mm -hmm. and um yeah is it generally like circling around one idea though like you you have a kind of like plan of a kind and you're trying to figure out how to make that plan work or is it or could it go from like a painting of like a bird to like a t painting of a house or something it could be both of the scenarios in one painting <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 20 stabs at a certain idea and then just kind of like accepting that maybe I'm just not ready yet <laughs> and then yeah needing a surface to paint on for an idea that I feel more compelled to make now that like some time's passed and right that initial idea just kind of has like not gained any traction mm. I think that if I had a lot of blank canvases like I'm sure it would be really different but like with limited space and limited surfaces it's kind of like yeah you kind of just have to like decide yeah whether you need that surface more or you need that vision that you had more mm -hmm. and am I remembering correctly that you generally are more focusing on one painting at a time or not necessarily not necessarily yeah <laughs> like I, I kind of like having a few up mm -hmm. and then sometimes the colors I mix for one end up working really well for another too and so it's just kind of like in a way it's kind of just um like juggling and keeping I don't know just like keeping things kind of on their toes and not getting too locked into one painting yeah sometimes I'm finding recently like I like try to focus on one thing and then end up like I have a couple different things going on and I'll like want to work on one but then I'll like actually work on the other like I'm like juggling kind of procrastinating one with the other kind of <laughs> Yeah, that seems really productive, though. Yeah, it's like I 
only want to do the thing I'm not supposed to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's important. Yeah. You just kind of gratify those impulses. Because then you're like doing it kind of sneaking up on yourself. (laughs) I like the idea of that too. Like, because then you're going to surprise yourself. Yeah. I feel like I'm almost like, oh, I'm not really, I'm just trying this out or, you know, it's not so, it's not so precious. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that kind of makes me think of like, also you have this kind of side little or not little even um, like side project where you use like extra paint on your brush and you made like this whole series of like kind of abstract work is it on paper or what is that surface it's um arches oil paper Mm -hmm. yeah and it just comes in those pads and yeah I I kind of like calling them like the blotting papers or something because like I'm basically just blotting the extra paint that's on my brushes um just onto this paper that's flying around next to my palette and yeah and and yeah I think those those are actually like sometimes the most surprising things I make in my studio just like when I'm not even looking and I'm just kind of like trying to wipe off paint off of a brush and that ends up being more interesting than the thing I was working on (laughs) yeah exactly like I think that's what I mean like they're totally you're not you're not trying to do anything really. So they're kind of completely unpretentious or something, but because of that, they're also really beautiful and kind of easy going or I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, they're pretty vital now after going through this year. Like I actually did end up using some of those colors combinations on those blotting papers to help me troubleshoot like some color issues, like on, um, some of the bigger paintings cool that's so awesome <laughs> yeah so it just kind of like really feeds itself in a weird way yeah you have you not shown those at all though I haven't I, I don't know where where they stand I guess with my work yet like maybe they're more just for me yeah yeah it's weird when you do something that is for you like it I feel like it gets tricky of maintaining that like authenticity if you but then I think it often ends up being something really cool that because of that also yeah and ideally everything we make should well I mean for the work that I try to make I hope that it's like partly something that's very meaningful to me anyway. So it's kind of for me. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's weird how like, yeah, those blotting papers are just for me, but like these paintings aren't or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's kind of like the difference between like, um, like being somewhat self-conscious and not being self-conscious at all. And but I don't know if one is better than the other. I mean, it's hard to not be self-conscious at all when you're making something that's intended to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if anyone has some good advice on that. <laughs> but I, that's maybe what can be so 
awesome about like self-taught artists because it feels like often they're making it regardless of whether anyone sees it or not. Not although not necessarily. I mean, but I feel like you have more of that feeling that they're not doing it at least to make money or to like whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like it's kind of just like a survival thing for them where they just they need to just like make marks on paper and um yeah, just kind of get something out. Yeah, like doing it for its own sake kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um you were saying something before about like I feel like you were kind of reminding me of one of your paintings I forget now what you're exactly saying but the idea of like circling back to something that you had tried like coming around again kind of was making me think of that um which I think is my favorite piece in the new work the creation rewind like oh wow yeah yeah that one (laughs) is so amazing I love it oh that's so funny because like that um you saw that painting in a different state when you visited my studio. It was the lion painting. Oh, I was wondering what happened to the lion painting. I thought it just was like on its own trajectory, but wow, it's totally unrecognizable. From yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot happened in like the last like few sessions I worked on it. Like I, I really worked through a lot of things I was holding on to too tightly. <laughs> like the lion. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really great, like, and it feels like it's this funny kind of spiral thing that looks like reel-to-reel tape or something, but it also seems like, I don't know, some idea of, yeah, again, kind of like the making of the universe, and just the colors are really great, like kind of the, the bright parts are really like popping off the dark abyss kind of (laughs) that's cool to hear it yeah and for the people who are listening to this that don't know about the lion painting it was this Mm -hmm. large painting that I started like in 2018 and um it was inspired by this like um Indian miniature painting of a lion and I just wanted to make a really big version of it that was like the impetus for this painting and it went through a lot of different phases and the lion was always there from the beginning. And then I had to finish this painting. Um, yeah, like kind of just, I had to really figure it out on short notice and I ended up just getting rid of this painting, th- this lion that I had had in there for like almost two years. <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that's left of it is its paw, like on the right side. The bottom right. Yeah, like I kept one of the paws because- That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I guess I just realized it was never really about the lion. <laughs> Right. But like maybe the lion will come back in a different form also kind of. Yeah. Like talking about circling back. And yeah. Ashes. Exactly. But I mean, it's really interesting to hear that because, yeah, it's like every single thing, basically the colors, the whole composition. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just really had to let go of a lot of things. <laughs> and let Which, the yeah. I feel like that could be really liberating to like, it's like 
the one it's like the thing you're trying to do but then if you just you kind of just let it become what it needed to be or something yeah it was a huge relief to let it go like it yeah it had to go Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I don't know like have you ever had a similar experience I feel like I have I mean I feel like I've done similar I feel like I maybe haven't like hold on to something as long as that because I'm just maybe a faster painter than you like mm -hmm. although I am intrigued by the idea of slowing down but definitely yeah like a lot of times actually there'll be like two other totally different paintings under the like one that ends up staying or even yeah. I've been just even deciding older paintings are not good anymore and painting over them and I like that though because then they'll be like the ghost of the old painting under it kind of yeah. and only you know about it yeah like <laughs> I, I like that I like that I have my own history in it or something yeah I do too it just like gives it like a little extra character or like a yeah, like a really rich patina kind of. Yeah, even just like weird little bits of color that peek out or that I couldn't have like tried to do in a way. Like mm -hmm. I like all that stuff too. Yeah, yeah, just kind of like a little bit of chance mm -hmm. is nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is hard to, it's hard to figure out a way to like, um, what's the word? Like uh harness that like how to how to use chance but in a like in a conscious way or I don't know like it feels like I have to like kind of fuck it up and then figure it out too yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's like yeah it just seems kind of like the history of painting or something like <laughs> right a little bit of yeah suffering <laughs> like, I don't think I real like as someone who's only identified as a painter semi recently even though I've been painting I just never called myself that like I think I always thought everyone else kind of knew exactly what they were doing and just like kind of executed it or something yeah <laughs> yeah and I, and I think yeah some people probably do work that way yeah some people do yeah <laughs> I, I think it would be hard for both of us to work that way yeah but yeah. that's what makes us cool <laughs> <laughs> reading the tea leaves <laughs> um oh so like so you make these really beautiful drawings that are super like that seem they the drawings seem really kind of you have a clear vision. I mean, I, I'd be curious how they come about, but I'm wondering how they relate to the paintings or if they're just kind of their own thing. That's not like I I can't tell if they're pre preparation for a painting or they're just kind of a side separate practice. Yeah, I, I think some of them, like the charcoal ones, are just from like landscape, like me being in a landscape and paint, like drawing from kind of observation. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, the really specific ones are probably from just landscape drawing. Um, if they have color in them, 
it's probably more of a study, like a color study or yeah, just kind of like a um, mocking up a painting a little bit. If mm -hmm. I'm like in the middle of a painting and I just can't figure out the next thing to do. Sometimes I'll just do like a, like a, a colored pencil drawing thing. Mm -hmm. And is that kind of the drawings you mean or? Yeah, they're very beautiful. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Drawing so beautiful in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering if you always so so it's like more of a like sometimes thing than like like you don't necessarily have a drawing prior to every painting. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's more like I have a painting that I'll draw from. Yeah, that's kind of what I was feeling. Like maybe they don't necessarily like one doesn't necessarily always precede the other or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like the idea of like a painting birthing a drawing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, like, it feels kind of the opposite of how we usually think of a drawing, or at least that's maybe historically what drawings were supposed to be, maybe. I don't know if that's totally true, but I kind of feel like that, but... Yeah, what do you think what do you think happens out of kind of reversing the order? Um, I, I think it's a little bit in my mind like choose your own adventure. Like I'm taking maybe just like a snapshot, like other than a photograph with my phone of what could have been if I had just stayed where I was at. Mm. Or also what it could be. Like I might, yeah. I just kind of like want to mock up a different possibility that I might not end up going with. Mm -hmm. I want to document it in some way that helps me to like revisit it if I ever want it, wanted to in the, in the future. Right. So like, yeah, you could try a variation without like fucking up the thing that's working in the painting or something. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like painting has some offspring in the form of drawing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, who's to say maybe the drawing's better than the painting in the end? <laughs> yeah, or maybe they're just like cousins or something like that. <laughs> they yeah. have their own role to play. Yeah, yeah, like an extended family tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's interesting because like, yeah, you're not a painter who seems to like cover the same terrain more than like like in this group of paintings for instance like you're you're working with a certain theme but the work is that that like share some different kind of and like this hand feels like the recurring character in a way but um but the paintings themselves look pretty different from each other and seem to like be working out working through different ideas within that. Was that a question? <laughs> no, it was more of an observation, oh. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But um, but maybe in terms of a question or a, I mean, there's a lot of like, kind of like circular forms also. Like there's like this tape and loop and there's like a record and then there's like a painter's palette, which kind of looks like a big piece of bread or something. <laughs> <laughs> um 
I was curious about, I mean, that one feels in a way the most like kind of referential to the art process. And then the weirdest ones maybe are these smaller, the lemon squeeze and hot fruit. Um, I was, what's happening in the lemon squeeze one? Like that one, are they kissing or something? (laughs) (laughs) Also a really great question. I mean, I, this, that was a painting that I really wanted to happen from the, like, like I had an idea that I wanted to like manifest from the beginning. Mm. It was just the idea of like a lemon squeezing itself or hugging itself. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, hard to t- I thought it was two. It's hard to tell if it's two or one. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like a really weird looking lemon still. Mm-hmm. I mean, either way. <laughs> But I, I mean, I don't know, like just, I mean, like maybe it was, this was just like my most um, like blatant response to like kind of like the political landscape for me was just like, just the idea of like a lemon as a surrogate for a human form. And it's like trying to self-soothe itself. And then the process is also like wringing itself out, like right. just been really poetic to me at the moment. like. Um, and, and like lemons kind of are also like a symbol of time or like the, the peeling lemon in like old still lives kind of symbolize time. Oh, I didn't know that. But I, it makes sense. Like when it's kind of in like one of those still lives where it's kind of hanging off yeah. of the thing. Yeah. yeah the little lemons that spiral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was like a very, it's a very loose reference to it and but for me, that's enough to know that that's there. Yeah, that's cool. It's also like a, when I thought it might be like kissing, like two lemons kissing, I was also thinking about how it's like, it's like a sour fruit also, you know, it's like oh, yeah. hard to kiss or love or something. Yeah, <laughs> I like that read. Yeah, just like like love is sweet and sour. Yeah. <laughs> it was reminding me of one that didn't make it into the show, but you had showed me with um the boots licking each other. That was two separate boots that were like licking each other. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. They were like 69 each yeah. other. <laughs> <laughs> <And> yeah. <laughs> that was kind of yeah, I th- I guess, yeah, now that you mentioned it, that's like in a kind of similar vein, like just kind of um yeah self-soothing well not self-soothing but um (laughs) pleasure yeah (laughs) that one is funny because it feels like like being a bootlicker is kind of like a subservient position like it feels like there's a funny power dynamic or something happening (laughs) yeah or it's like yeah and like it can be a fetish for some people yeah yeah Yeah, but yeah, I didn't link those two paintings together until you pointed that out. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the boots licking each other are, it's also like, um, I had made it because I've been really interested in doing this series and that palette painting that um, um, that's on the site, it 
that was like the first of like a series I'm kind of interested in doing. I don't know if I'll ever do it, but um, the first is like the painter's palette. And it's one of the tools, traditional tools of the trade that we're in. Yeah. And then I was interested in like, you know, what other accessories does an artist need or, you know, yeah, use in the studio. And so like, I was thinking about painter's boots and, mm. So that was like kind of my stab at like doing the next in the series, but yeah, I, I mean, it would be cool to like do one for the brush and like the paint tube and maybe yeah. the interact in a bigger version. I don't know. Just like, it just seems like a really fun, silly side thing. <laughs> yeah. I like that idea. It feel, it reminds me a bit of like the sorcerer's apprentice or something and when like the brooms come to life and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love, yeah. I love that <laughs> reference. <laughs> um, that's cool. Or even like, uh, actually this is kind of Side note, but I feel like you're like Anna, these like, thing, these entities that are kind of like your friends in the studio in a way, you know, like it's a very solitary practice, but it it's like so these little objects become your like companions. Um, <laughs> and then in like a, in there's that thing in like fairy tales where like what is it the um the one with like the cobbler where they like have like way too much work to do. And then these like elves like fix it overnight or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the little shoe elves. Yeah. <laughs> I want some of those. I, know. I feel like the elves are the subconscious and they're working while we're asleep. Oh, wow. <laughs> that just like, took a really like profound turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can uh, I can get real deep on a on a <laughs> while you're podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Um I feel like I kind of lifted that from I listened to a, a podcast called This Young in Life that talks about fairy tales like semi-regularly and they were talking about that one. But I really like that. Like even just in the idea of resting, like that shit happens even while we're not trying to make it happen, that it's like a part of the, it's like actually a useful part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, I guess, totally like what you're saying, like the, those are the elves kind of like doing some of the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like when you feel stuck and then all of a sudden you just figure it out. Yeah, that's such a beautiful image. <laughs> yeah, and it's just nice to know that you're not, yeah, totally alone in the studio. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> right. Um, let's see. Um, have you ever seen Jodorowsky's Holy Mountain? That was something else that just, I feel like you either... I don't know that you would like it or it feels like this kind of I don't know magical creationism vibe I haven't but I would I would love for you to point me in that direction yeah I think there's a I think I watched it on YouTube a couple of years ago I'll I'll send it to you and also maybe put it in the show notes uh, awesome. so listeners can listen watch yeah. too is, is this like a medieval reference no, well, I think it's based on a 
book, which I don't know when the book is from, but it's from this, it's a film from the seventies. Um, but it's super weird and wild and like really beautiful, like super visual. Um, and like, yeah, very kind of, um, I don't know, seemingly dealing with like creation and myth making and things like this. Um, but like maybe through a kind of drugged out lens or something. Oh, it sounds super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you would dig it. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually love all the things that you send my way. So yeah. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Is there anything that you're looking at right now that either not even artists, but like any like books or movies or whatever? Hmm. I actually just started watching the X-Files for oh. the first time ever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know, like I'm a little late to the game, but. Uh. No, I'm like, I feel like it seems fun to like, like I like getting into a show that has a ton of episodes, like way after it's been on, because then you can just keep doing it over and over. Yeah. And like, I'm really loving it right now. Like I'm still in season one, but um yeah, I'm in love with Mulder and Scully and mm. yeah, it's just like so fun and like, yeah, like the, the psychological space that they live in is really interesting and um, yeah. yeah, speaking of worlds within worlds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. totally. I feel, yeah. Like, it feels like like outer, I mean, is X-Files is just, it's just unknown phenomenon. Is that the thing or is it more aliens uh it encompasses kind of like all of that and yeah. like even, it seems like even a little supernatural yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah I definitely couldn't have watched it when I was younger because I was just such a scaredy cat and, really <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I couldn't even watch gremlins when I was a kid <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah I'm really enjoying the x-files and like kind of reveling in like what the special effects were like back then like they're so kind of campy in the first season yeah I bet yeah I, I did watch it when I I feel like I watched it when it was out but I don't feel like I remember any single episode at all I can imagine also that the clothing and the aesthetic of that would have aged nicely also <laughs> yeah like I feel like a lot of people are lifting those fashion references now and so yeah. it's kind of like also an interesting full circle mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah so it, it's just been a really interesting kind of space to occupy at night when I'm watching it oh and didn't you am I remembering this correctly that you want to do the Roswell residency in New Mexico yeah good memory <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so like it only like kind of just makes me even more interested in that residency. <laughs> you should totally go to Roswell and make like alien paintings. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they, I have the feeling like maybe they don't actually, like maybe like everyone wants to go there and make alien work, but I feel like you would actually make really cool alien paintings. <laughs> <laughs> like like very like considered ones. Yeah, like from a different vantage point or I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. <laughs> after watching all this X-Files. <laughs> yeah. I 
feel like space, outer space seems to um, show up in the work I've been seeing this year a bit also, or I've, I'm reading some of the spaces being outer space. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think I have been like thinking about outer space more, like before it was just more like kind of like the cosmos. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like lately, it's just been kind of like the context that Earth exists in now, like which is like, yeah, the universe, like, and just different ways to represent the universe, mm -hmm. um, which is always so interesting when you look at medieval art, like how they didn't have like the like information that we have now, and yet they were able to like depict such interesting um, versions of the universe or like ideas of how it worked. And I just, yeah, I just love how people could be so creative back then and just be so inventive about you know the the world we live in yeah it's a very um even just the like attempt to do that is very I don't know touching and poetic yeah yeah it really is um I I can't remember the context and maybe you were there but there was some person at some point in history. That, <laughs> <laughs> <it'd be> great. <laughs> who, you know, this is before like they knew where birds migrated. Oh. And so this man, I know it was a man, but his theory was that the birds would fly to the moon and that's where they migrated every winter. Uh -huh. <laughs> <But>, like <laughs> It's, it's just so like beautiful and like yeah just yeah. just sweet thought. <laughs> I love that I don't think I've heard that before but I it's very cute <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or it's more than cute it's like I don't know there's something yeah really like t touching or satisfying even like like I don't know yeah like connecting connecting thing terrestrial things with other things yeah yeah <laughs> just yeah those weird connections that they made back then in their theories yeah I mean some of that stuff is is like I don't know I mean I don't I'm not a hugely knowledgeable science person but isn't like don't like the tides have some like connection to our menstrual cycle and stuff like I don't even know what that means, but it sounds cool and like yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some overlap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they're both like on a monthly cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's such a weird connection to make, like between what seems like two disparate entities. <laughs> yeah, but they actually like that we actually are, I mean, you know, connected to different things and. Yeah, while well, we're sitting here, is. sitting in our apartments. Yeah. <laughs> and the moon's orbiting the earth every, yeah, all the time. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's so wild when you really think about it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um. Well, I, well, maybe kind of, I don't have a lot more questions, but like, 
that I mean kind of that one makes me think of that piece with the hot is it called hot fruit it's like a oh yeah it is like it does have like a kind of well there's a watermelon with the kind of fallopian tubes and there's like ants kind of carrying the seeds like that does seem like you were kind of connecting reproduction or create like in in female creation or reproduction and some other like the natural world or or something yeah yeah um yeah that one is a weirdo <laughs> painting and um yeah I, I guess I was thinking about fertility mm. and um but also just I guess just like different ways to convey you know like the female cycle without being overt like totally overt like I mean it's pretty overt but like yeah but it's like funny too it's not it's like there's some humor to it oh good yeah (laughs) yeah like I don't know it's just such a I I just don't really see a lot of paintings that include like the female genitalia like in a or like the menstrual cycle unless it's like covered in tampons or something and like right like yeah yeah so right there's like a whole like 70s zone of art where there was like a lot of like tampons and menstrual blood but it yeah it had a very distinct tone or something yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I think you you're taking it a really different place like there's it's like definitely not even I don't feel like you're even necessarily like saying something specific like I don't feel like you're like like it's not there's no clear message which is nice I think which is nice about it there's like an open-endedness of what to even make of what's happening cool yeah 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 I kind of just want it to just exist and then yeah like it's just in this space that um yeah it's it's happening and there are other um other creatures outside of it and like I I guess yeah like just that what am I trying to say just like that yeah like life goes on I guess outside like there's a world inside and there's a world outside and like where they is, is like an interesting space to to play in yeah, it's almost like an ant farm or something too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the watermelon itself. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like this side view, like cross section. So, and there are actual ants kind of carrying some of the seeds away, like that kind of picnic thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be a really interesting looking ant farm. Yeah. <laughs> like a nice novelty toy for a kid (laughs) yeah I know why don't we have different shaped ant farms (laughs) (laughs) well we will soon now (laughs) um are you so you said you won't want to like you're already ready to get back on the horse like what where do you 
what kind of things are you thinking about for the next batch of work? Uh, I'm just kind of leaving it open. Like I have a, a few paintings that I want to finish or like resolve that I have time to work on now. Mm -hmm. um, so I have those and I have just some blank canvases and that's honestly so exciting and refreshing to like have those to look forward to, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, just hopefully just more beginnings and also doing some drawing, like it just feels like a really good treat to slow down and just draw and not have an agenda or anything like decompressing. Yeah. Do you like, um, have you heard this term like filling the well? It's like an artist way thing of like kind of basically, I don't know, when you make stuff, you kind of have a well of ideas or inspiration and then you kind of have to refill it or something. Do you feel like you have any process of that, of like maybe looking at other artists or books or anything? Yeah, I, I haven't heard that phrase before, but it definitely rings true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I think just like making, a, like playing a lot in the studio, whether it's just like making things that I won't finish, but just need to like get out of my system. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I guess making a lot of starts, like that's kind of a way for me to just like open a lot of doors and play and um, reading and just even just like going outside and like walking a lot. Like I like to see all the random stuff on the streets of Brooklyn and mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just kind of let new things fly in to my brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>